Welcome to another edition of Metaphysics of the Gods, where we discuss issues and topics relating to metaphysics, astrology and astrotheology. Here we delve into the dark recesses of hidden knowledge in an attempt to draw out the truth which has been suppressed and distorted by a sinister hidden hand over centuries of control and manipulation. Metaphysics and astrology are the foundations to understanding universal consciousness. 360 degrees of holistic wisdom as opposed to one degree of compartmentalized academic knowledge. Modern science is only concerned with what it can measure, which are all aspects of focal consciousness. However, the hidden world of the subconscious, our inner emotions and feelings, cannot be measured, although we all agree that these feelings and emotions exist. Thomas Young's double-slit experiment is a prime example of how matter at a quantum level can be both a wave and a particle. The experiment discovered that when consciousness observes matter, the waveform appears to collapse, leaving the particle as the expression of the energy in question. And when consciousness is not observing matter, it will continue to behave in a waveform. The interesting thing to note here is the correlation between Jung's experiment, the focal and subconscious, and the day-night polarities of the zodiac. The day is ruled by the sun, the source and expression of our focal consciousness, where we witness physical matter as particles in the material realm. The night is ruled by the moon, which represents the subconscious, the hidden. Here we tend to sleep, moving our attention away from focal consciousness into the realms of the spirit world, where matter is no longer viewed as a physical construct, but concurring with young, reverts back into waveform. When looking at the zodiac, the sun rules Leo during the day, with a symbol that could easily represent a particle with its nucleus and electrons while on the opposite side in Aquarius, a sign associated with the night when most people are asleep, we find a waveform glyph being used to symbolize this portion of the zodiac. These polar opposites combine to symbolize both the physical and spiritual realms. Outside our body's biological decoding mechanism is a world beyond the physical, an infinite world of unlimited potential and possibilities. The chakras within the body are energy centers or rotating vortices uniting unseen cosmic energy through the astral body into our nervous system which is attached 
to the spinal column or vertebrae. The word chakra is derived from the Sanskrit word meaning wheel, circle or cycle. There are seven of these chakra energy centers in the body, going from the root chakra at the base of the spine to the crown chakra at the top of the head. These chakras have a profound relationship to the seven planets and the twelve signs of the zodiac. Each chakra has a ruling planet which influences its overall characteristics and function when expressing our individual uniqueness. Each chakra vortex is described as being a rotating energy point. Segmented wheels, like petals of a flower or the bottom of a rotating weaved basket, connected to various pairs of nerve endings along the vertebrae. These nerve connections are represented by the number of petals attached to each chakra, the root having four nerves, while the vishuddha in the throat has eight nerve pairs making 16 connections and 16 petals. Each chakra is programmed with a specific karmic disposition or natural resonant frequency. Each person's combined symphonic resonance is finely tuned according to their natal chart's planetary alignments. As each chakra is a reflection of its ruling planet's interrelationship with its fellow planets and luminaries within the twelve signs of the zodiac, some people will have harmonious planetary dispositions, while others have challenging ones. As we go through life, the transiting planets will also trigger energetic stimulations within the chakra's natural energetic equilibrium, which in turn will influence certain events and emotions within our perceived reality. A child is born on that day and at that hour when the celestial rays are in mathematical harmony with his individual karma. His horoscope is a challenging portrait revealing his unalterable past and its probable future results but the natal chart can be rightly interpreted only by men of intuitive wisdom. These are few. Paramansa Yogananda The first chakra at the base of the spine, the Muladhara, is our energetic connection to the physical earth. It deals with basic instinctive survival and security. Its motto is to be here. It is connected to four nerves which are attached to organs and body parts in this area. The second chakra, the Svadhisthana, is situated just below the belly button. It is concerned with basic emotional needs, joy and pleasure, sexual attraction and sexual union, along with procreation. It is also responsible for personal growth, ethics and honour, 
Within a relationship, this chakra has six petals reflecting the six nerve attachments and organ connections associated with it. The third chakra, the Manipura, is located at the navel. It is to do with self-esteem, self-confidence, self-respect and sensitivity to criticism. It is also responsible for fear and anxiety. It is also our proactive get-up-and-go energy along with willpower. There are ten petal attachments, servicing many more nerves and organs. The fourth or heart chakra, the Anahata, has twelve petals. It is concerned with unconditional love, compassion, tenderness, forgiveness and hope, along with the ability to give and receive love and to empathize. It is also associated with grief, anger, bitterness, hatred and resentment. These are all aspects of the heart. The Anahata has the ability to make decisions outside the chakra's pre-programmed disposition and to follow one's heart, making decisions based on the higher self. The Vishuddha or throat chakra is ruled by Mercury, the planet of communication. The interesting thing to note is that Buddhism, as a philosophy, has aligned itself with the planet Mercury. The word Vishuddha is a construct of Vishnu, the preserver, and Buddha. This chakra, with 16 petals, is the energy centre concerned with communication, analytical thought, creativity, and self-expression. It is also linked to the sense of hearing along with the ability to speak. The sixth chakra, the Ajna, is the seat of intuition, the third eye. Here we develop the ability to listen to our inner guidance or voice. This is an energy center combining the focal with the subconscious. As we mature, we can train our focal awareness to interact with both left and right aspects of the mind leading to heightened intuition, higher levels of consciousness, wisdom and self-evaluation, expanding intellectual abilities, wisdom and self-evaluation, expanding intellectual abilities. Although the chakra is depicted with only two petals, one for each hemisphere of the mind, those petals are made up of 48 individual ones, totaling 96. This relates to the combined number of nerve attachments of the five lower chakras, now assigned to both the left and right brain. The sixth chakra has no spinal attachment of its own. It is the energetic pathway to the focal and subconscious mind as it interacts with all the other chakras. The crown chakra or Sahasrara is above all other energy centers. At the top of the head, it has no ruling planet because it is our connection to higher mind universal consciousness or paradise. The word paradise comes from two words, para, beyond, and dice, divide. Hence the term beyond the divide. 
When our earthly conscious connection unites in a powerful display of energy within the crown chakra, this becomes the ultimate enlightening experience. The Sahasrara is depicted as having 960 to 1000 petals, representing the ultimate energetic experience of becoming connected to universal wisdom or the Logos, illuminating all thoughts and feelings within the focal and subconscious by a magnitude of 10. Each chakra center is both transmitting and receiving energetic vibrations, relaying information backwards and forwards between the physical realm and other areas of consciousness. The sun and moon are king and queen of the zodiac. The sun energizes our physical soul experience, while the moon stimulates our spiritual subconscious connection. The cycles of these two luminaries in relation to the other planets and our chakras karmic programming is key to understanding life's mogul field of emotions, fortune and fate. The sun gives us the physical expression of consciousness, like the physical manifestation of a musical instrument, whereas the moon gives us the feelings and emotions resulting from the playing of that instrument. Solar and lunar cycles play an important role in stimulating the chakras with the angle of their rays emanating from these celestial bodies, striking the chakras' energy vortices at varying degrees. The sun is also the ruler over the masculine signs, while the moon has domain over the feminine one. It is therefore understandable that during the height of summer in the northern hemisphere, when the sun is close to the Tropic of Cancer, its rays have the greatest impact on our receptivity, making us feel healthy and alive. In order to become the greatest version of yourself within this limited time and incarnation, one must have his or her conscious connection running on all six cylinders, with few restrictions, allowing maximum energy to flow in and out of each chakra vortex. Modern society is not designed with this in mind. It is not advantageous for the controlling classes to be surrounded by spiritually powerful enlightened individuals. They want obedient workers who are smart enough to keep their economical engines running, but dumb enough to passively accept it as their duty to underpin and promote. Much of modern society is designed to distract and suppress our access to this potential with an endless assault on the average person's ability to be their greatest version, while the elite governing classes harness its power to create the world in their image. By controlling food production, drugs, vaccines, education and media, our biology and focal consciousness is steered within a narrow corridor of controlled potential and through the use of alcohol, tobacco, pornography, electromagnetic pollution, 
the individual becomes handicapped within a web of social pressures and expectations. Diet injections and injunctions will combine from a very early age to produce the sort of character and the sort of beliefs that the authorities consider desirable. And any serious criticism of the powers that be will become psychologically impossible. Even if all are miserable, all will believe themselves happy because the government will tell them that they are so. Bertrand Russell There are many ways to unblock or revitalize the chakra's energy centers. The first step is to detox and purify the body. The body's natural healing process must be given a chance to operate by avoiding all poisons and pollutants which are synonymous with modern living. One can take back control over one's life and destiny. Meditation is also an important step in this process. From the thought and intention comes the word and from the word comes the action, habit and destiny. By focusing one's consciousness and intent during meditation on specific chakra points, an individual can slowly break down the blockages which have accumulated over time even overriding the karmic disposition which the natal chart reflects. Once this has taken place, which may take many years, the path of ascension for kundalini energy up the spine and through the chakras becomes easier, at which point the individual has the potential to achieve better levels of enlightenment and become the greatest version of themselves. It is also rumoured that this process carries the added bonus of purifying the physical body with cosmic energy which has unlimited healing potential, hence the association with the caduceus. As society moves further into the age of Aquarius, the Saturnization process will also target the chakras in an attempt to pull humanity down from higher vibrational frequencies within nature's rhythmic cycles into the lower materialistic realms of the root chakra, ruled by Saturn. This will be done using all the techniques previously mentioned, implemented by a satanic control system eager to keep itself in command. It has been a long process drawing humanity away from natural cosmic cycles towards artificially created measures and divisions. Their ultimate goal is to interface our biological decoding mechanism with technology, a process called transhumanism in which technology, under their influence, will have total control over the human experience. Even our thought processes will be subject to manipulation. Once this is implemented, our independent chakra connection 
to higher levels of consciousness will no longer be private. There is an old myth which states that when all human chakras are closed, doomsday will commence. This process is well underway as we speak, inching its way forward unmolested, sometimes embraced by great swathes of eager participants. The mobile phone has become today's stepping stone towards transhumanism, drawing our focal attention away from traditional interactions and natural environmental stimulation into a corporate-controlled, handheld device which has mesmerized and distracted a whole new generation. From the chakra centers, the prana or chi energy circulates around the body through a network of channels or paths known as meridians. While the arteries and blood vessels transport the physical life force associated with the material world of the focal consciousness, the meridian network carries prana energy associated with our spiritual subconscious side of life. There are 12 major meridians which nourish the body and all its organs, playing a crucial role in our overall health. A deficiency, blockage or excess of this prana energy can lead to a physical expression of imbalance or dis-ease. Western medicine is a derivative of Western science, concerned only with what can be measured that of the physical material realm, which can be regarded as Saturnian in nature. Traditional Eastern medicine did not limit itself to just the physical. It also understood the importance of this unseen energy, chi, ki or prana, associated with the subconscious and the spirit realm. Over thousands of years, techniques were developed which cleansed and balanced this unseen energy flowing within the body's meridian network. Techniques such as acupuncture, acupressure and qigong, all of which are not normal to Western medical practices but are used as alternatives by many people when trying to relieve their symptoms. Many ancient cultures share a common theme. It is based on the process of enlightenment, where the kingdom of God and the Christ is within us all. Individually, we are encouraged to live within a framework of self-control, discipline and righteous living, all in an effort to lift one's consciousness out from the earthly materialistic world of the lower chakras towards higher vibrations and frequencies, ascending into the heavenly realms of the higher mind and the crown chakra. According to some esoteric scholars, the human body has a natural monthly cycle, where a special oil is produced within the claustrum, a small part of the cerebrum. This oil was referred to in ancient Greek as Christos, which is derived from creo, meaning to anoint. It is also a close translation to the Hebrew word Mashiach, or Messiah, which also means to anoint. 
According to esoteric teachings, the Christos oil descends down the spinal column into the sacrum and the root chakra. Here, if not wasted on righteous living, will slowly rise up the 33 vertebrae passing and interacting with all chakra centers as it ascends. It is believed that once a month, when the moon is in your natal sun sign, a seed or germ is produced within the solar plexus. If we nurture and save this seed, it will ascend with the Christos back up the spinal column, absorbing higher vibrations along the way. To do this, one must abstain from sex, alcohol and overindulgence for the whole duration of its journey. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with righteous living. Luke 15.13 Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh. Proverbs 23.20 Lower chakras deal with earthly physical constraints such as sexuality, power, wealth, greed, strife and envy. If an individual is preoccupied and mainly focused on these things, he would find it extremely difficult to nurture the ascension of his Christos oil. The consumption of alcohol will destroy the seed and so will an over-acidic diet. Once the Christos reaches the top of the spine, ascending up all 33 vertebrae, it reaches the medulla oblongata and crosses the vagus nerve, which is the top of a network of 12 cranial nerves, known as the tree of life. Here at this crossover point, the Christos gets crucified, a process in which it becomes energized, some speculate, by a factor of 10. The cross is also used in Roman numerals, to represent the number 10. A crucible is a container in which substances are energized by subjecting them to high temperatures. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. The crucified Christos then rests in the optic thalamus for approximately 2.5 days, dormant as though it is dead. Coincidentally, this is the same amount of time the moon spends in each sign of the zodiac. Around the third day, this crucified Christos springs to life where it reaches the pineal gland, creating an immense experience of profound awakening. Both the optic thalamus and pineal gland become illuminated. Millions of dormant brain cells are regenerated and awakened. You are essentially born again. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. According to Strong's Concordance, the original Greek word for eye translates as ophthalmos, the optic thalamus. It is interesting to note 
that Jesus Christ was 33 years old when he was crucified. The same number of vertebrae which the Christos has to ascend before reaching heaven. The Freemasons also regard 33 as their most sacred number, the ultimate number of degrees a Mason must ascend before becoming enlightened by their secret teachings, which only a few chosen members will ever attain. When we add up all the petals to the chakras, excluding the crown chakra, we reach a figure of 144. When this number is multiplied by the illumination of the crown chakra, rounded up to 1,000, the number becomes 144,000. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000, from all the tribes of Israel. Revelations 7, 4. Jacob's Ladder is a story symbolizing the process and the connection between the earthly realm and heaven. The most striking point which leaves little room for doubt is the name Jacob gives to the place he calls heaven. He calls it Peniel. Could this be a reference to the pineal gland? Jacob said, I have seen God face to face and I am still alive. So he named the place Peniel. The function of the pineal gland as a third eye has been understood for thousands of years. Its potential has been kept away from the vast majority of people by their rulers in order to domesticate them for useful service. Due to its shape resembling a pine cone, the gland was named Pineal accordingly. If we go back through history, we see many references to pine cones 
illumination and the third eye, located just where the pineal gland is found. The three tiara, papal crown and cross keys found on the Vatican flag is riddled with esoteric symbolism. Not only does the crown resemble a pine cone, it also represents the triad of consciousness, with the two kundalini serpents dangling from either side. The crossed keys represent the Vatican's hold under lock and key over esoteric knowledge concerning the focal and subconscious, the soul and spirit, or the metaphysical energies associated with the cosmos, especially the sun and moon. The red cord starts from the central cross, or point at which the Christos is crucified, at the place of the skull, and descends down to the base chakra, which is the materialistic realm ruled by Saturn. The meaning behind the crossed keys is a modern version of the crossed crook and flail found in Egypt. It symbolizes the left-right side of the brain controlling the right-left side of the body. Keep the pineal gland operating and you will never grow old. You will always be young. Edgar Cayce When our individual life force enters our fetal body, the moment in which we become truly human, it passes through the pineal and triggers the first primordial flood of DMT. Later, at birth, the pineal releases more DMT. As we die, the life force leaves the body through the pineal gland, releasing another flood of this psychedelic spirit molecule. Rick Strassman Decalcify the pineal gland with the detergent of imagination. Dean Cavana Through systemic meditation, one can awaken the third eye and touch the cosmic awareness. Sushumna Nadi is the subtle pathway in this spinal cord which passes through the main psychic centers. The awakening of these centers means a gradual expansion of awareness until it reaches the cosmic awareness. Each center has its own beauty and gracefulness. Through generations of ignorance and unconsciousness, this channel of awareness becomes obscure and hidden. Meditation is to become aware about this internal life energy. Meditation is the procedure to rearrange, harmonize, activate and integrate the individual life energy with the cosmic life energy. Amit Ray When we talk of exploring the mystical, we are not trying to dig into creation, because if you dig into creation, it will only get more complex. It will not bring clarity. It will only bring more complexity. This is why the yogis looked in a different direction. We looked inward. If you look inward, a different dimension opens up. Now, instead of things getting more complex, you get to clarity. It is because of this that we say that those who look inward have a third eye. 
They see things that others cannot see. They have brought a new clarity to life. Sadhguru J.V. Although there has been a fair amount of scientific study on the pineal gland concerning its physical and biological makeup, its metaphysical role is still an area of intuitive speculation. The gland itself is only the size of a grain of rice, situated near the center of the brain, at the point where the two halves of the thalamus meet. Its main function is to regulate the circadian rhythm, our body's day-night cycle. It is sensitive to light, and during the day, it becomes stimulated to produce serotonin, a hormone that acts as a neurotransmitter, affecting moods, feelings of well-being, and general happiness. When the sun goes down, the darkness triggers the pineal gland to change into producing melatonin while suppressing its production of serotonin. Melatonin is thought to play a role in aiding the body's natural ability to repair itself by protecting the cells against DNA damage. The interior of the gland has some striking similarities to our lateral eyes in the way of rod and cone-shaped cells looking inward towards a central body of watery liquid. Water is synonymous with the subconscious and the spiritual side of life. Molecular and phenotypic evidence indicates a close evolutionary relationship between the pineal gland and the neural retina of the eye, particularly within their photoreceptor cell lines. A median third eye, pineal gland retraces evolution of vertebrate photoreceptive organ. In the late 50s, the structured analysis of the brain was much helped by the introduction of electron microscopy. Using this new technique, Stain and Aiken, both in 1959, discovered that the pineal gland of lizards is endowed with true photoreceptor cells resembling the cones of the lateral eye. In 1961, Dobbt and his associates showed that the pineal eye of a frog is a true photoreceptor organ capable of chromatic and achromatic types of response. J. Axelrod The pea gland and endocrine role The people which sat in darkness saw great light. Matthew 4.16 As we grow old, the pineal gland becomes the recipient of fluoride and calcium deposits, which build up over time. Phosphate crystals develop, hardening the gland and reducing its hormone production capabilities, disrupting sleep cycles and our overall feel-good factor. Many aspects of modern living are responsible for the early onset of calcification and the suppressing of the pineal gland's third eye capabilities, whether a deliberate policy by our controllers or just an unfortunate consequence of today's toxic environment. The result is a human collective increasingly devoid 
of higher mind or divine influence, all part of the Saturnization of humanity. The pineal gland is situated in an area of the brain which receives very little protection from the blood-brain barrier, which would normally restrict the flow of fluoride, but here it feels the full onslaught of fluoride and other detrimental chemicals found in the blood. The main cause of pineal calcification are as follows. Exposure to fluoride from drinking water and toothpaste, food additives, refined and highly processed foods, excessive sugar, caffeine, alcohol and tobacco, lack of sunlight, excessive cell phone exposure and electromagnetic pollution, mercury poisoning and pesticides. The symptoms due to pineal gland calcification Disrupted sleep patterns, lingering fatigue, depression and excessive cravings for alcohol. As we move into the new age of Aquarius, with its motto I know, and being the house of the water bearer, there is an expectation that an outpouring of spiritual energy will rain down on humanity from the macrocosm, influencing human biology and consciousness towards this new Aquarian level of awareness. Spiritual energy will come to us through the waters within the spiritual eye. If this is not working, as it should, divine energy will struggle to penetrate. And it shall come to pass in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young man shall see visions, and your old man shall dream dreams. Acts 2.17